Welcome to Maison Pur, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly Hill. This podcast is all about natural living and how to get there without stressing out. We'll discuss easy tips to help create a healthier home, natural ways to care for our bodies, and so much more. And welcome to the podcast. Joining me today is Kristen from Live Simply. If you've ever struggled with meal planning, I think you're going to like this episode. She has revolutionized meal planning and simplified it down to a process that will only take you a few minutes each week, and it'll save you time and money. In part one, we'll discuss healthy eating, real food, how to source meal ideas, and how to plan meals. Hi, Kristen, and welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm excited for your podcast. I think it's so great that there's so many wellness, you know, uh, uh, real food, natural living, all these podcasts popping up because it's just such a great resource for people. I agree, and um, I've heard so much feedback that people want digestible information, you know, to take it on the go on their commute and stuff like that. So hopefully all of this helps people live their healthiest life. But one topic that I personally have struggled with is meal planning. I've dove into it here and there. Sometimes I'll get on a kick where I'm really, really good with it. (laughs) And then I have weeks where I go to the store, I end up having produce go bad. It's just a complete like, you know, at the end of the week, I'm like, what did we even eat? I was just throwing things together. (laughs) Um, You're not alone. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start out by asking you, you know, to share a little bit of your journey. Like what, what exactly was the catalyst that made you really try to buckle down and get into this meal planning and really take control over uh, eating healthy and making sure you had everything lined up for the week? Yeah. So I um, did not grow up this way. I'm a child of the 80s and the early 90s. And, you know, it's like the the time of all the processed food, right? <laughs> so I grew up like cheese as a staple. I would just like eat it off the block. You know, it's not even like cheese. It's like such a fallacy to even call it that. But, you know, like I grew up with all of those kind of things, the TV dinners and all of that kind of thing. So that's very much like when I got married. I got married super young. I was um, 20 years old, uh, just finishing college. My husband had just finished college. We had met very young. And when I got married, I brought this into our marriage. Like neither one of us had any idea about food. We just brought to, you know, the table what we had grown up eating. And so it was very much like fast food and, um, you know, living through college on like 25 cent burritos and everything. It was great because we got through college very affordably, but not so great as far as like health wise. (laughs) So at that time I started having, um, like I would just get headaches a lot. I, I just, just felt sluggish. I mean, for a 20 year old, I just felt like that was probably normal, honestly. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it. And it wasn't until, a couple of years um, into our marriage when we watched uh, Food Inc., which was like the big first ever food documentary that came out. It was so long ago. I remember going to Blockbuster down the street from our little tiny apartment and renting it. Like that's not, that was not that long ago. We've been married 15 oh years gosh. this year, but I'm like, wow, just think of how much we changed that we now like Blockbuster isn't even around, right? My children will never know the joy of that. But um, we rented the movie, watched it, and we're like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like what we've been eating all of our life is not actually food. Is that what you're saying? I mean, the thought had never even occurred to us. Um, So it was at that point that we started making changes. We didn't know how to make changes. 
And of course, when you make the switch from like really, and I like to call it like ultra processed food because I feel like processed food kind of is like misleading because processing food isn't bad. Like when you cook something, when you freeze something, when you can something, when you ferment something, you're processing that food, right? You're changing it in a way. But like what we're talking about is like ultra processed food. So the food that's like so highly manipulated, it takes like a, a, a scientist in a lab to take that corn and to manipulate it to such a high degree that it no longer even resembles that a natural food, right? And so when we when we made this switch, you know, when you go from like that ultra processed food to this idea of eating like real food, which is what we wanted to do, it there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just all of a sudden like you buy cucumbers <laughs> and lettuce and everything at the store and all of a sudden you're going to create meals. Like there's so much thought and so much work that goes into actually preparing your own food. And I honestly was not prepared for that. So needless to say, it's been a very, very long journey of like one um, like step at a time at figuring out how to make this thing called real food, like work for us, especially in this modern day society. Cause I think we're up against a challenge because, you know, if we look at, at like, um, traditionally, right. Cause that's where real food comes from is this idea of how like our great, 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 great grandparents have consumed food, right. They, they've eaten this way. This is not like a new idea, this idea of real food. It's just in the past 80 years that we've seen changes like never before to our food system. And, and all of a sudden this ultra processed food, this quick, convenient food is available to us. And so when we look back, like our our great, great, great grandparents had these support networks. Like they had, uh, they didn't work these like crazy schedules like we work today. There wasn't this like hustle like we see today. So they very much like all came together and gathered and prepared food. And so when we bring this idea of eating this way into our modern day culture, we really have to make it work. Like the planning and the shopping and all of this stuff for like fit into the, the way we live today with jobs, nine to five jobs and all this other thing, other things. So anyway, so needless to say, we transitioned, we actually went vegan for a few years, realized that that was not sustainable for us. Um, I ended up having some, some nutritional deficiencies and whatnot and um, gave birth to my first son. Um, then started switching into just more of like a, just a real food diet, kind of like not excluding any food group, but being really particular on how we sourced food and the ingredients and all of that. And then I gave birth to my um, daughter a couple of years later. So I had two children under, you know, just like very small children. I had left my career at that point. The great thing about that is I realized at that time that I was able to kind of like dabble in the kitchen and figure out how to make this thing called real food work for us. And mind you, like this has been a few years now since we watched that original movie. So like I said, it's like been step by step by step. So over the years, I've experimented like how in the world do I buy ingredients at the store, you know, keep them fresh all week, put food on the table consistently, do it in a way that's not stressful and that it doesn't feel overwhelming, but that just really has like a rhythm and a flow to it and a routine to it that in a way almost like makes this. Uh, a simplified way to eat and also, you know, a very nutrient dense way to eat, but it doesn't feel like it's like burdensome and complicated. So long story short, that's kind of how I came into like this idea of meal planning. And I've become super passionate about it because I really feel like in order to eat, you know, real food or in order to like ditch the ultra processed food, right. And just like eat nourishing food, you really can't, um, you can't have that without some sort of planning and forethought. I mean, that's where processed food, why it's so appealing is because it literally requires no thoughts whatsoever. Like you feel at dinner time, like five o'clock rolls around, you're like, I'm hungry. So what do we do? We go through the drive-thru, we run to like Publix, which is the grocery store in our area and like pick up like a roasted chicken dinner and like some sides, right. That are already in like plastic containers. 
And so, you know, like it doesn't require a lot of thought when you're eating that way, but when you're actually buying ingredients and actually cooking at home, you can't do that at 5 PM because if you do that, it's going to be like 9 PM by the time you even start cooking dinner many times, (laughs) you know, I mean like, or even dinner. So that right there is defeating because then you feel like, wow, this is not, I can't do this. This isn't sustainable. (laughs) And like, you have to make this lifestyle sustainable uh, for yourself. And so that's where like meal planning and even things like food prep come into play is the idea that really allows you to, it's not just like about meal planning. It's about using the tools that are going to help you get nourishing food on the table day in and day out and do that in a very simplified way. I love that approach and uh, philosophy. I'm very much with you. I had both my parents working, grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And do you remember Kid Cuisine? Yes. Oh, my meals. goodness. They had like the little <laughs> sticker or something, didn't they? Or I don't know. Yeah. Something. I, yeah. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure the chicken nuggets were shaped like yes. penguins or something. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. You're bringing back so many memories. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, unfortunately, like – my dad is actually a great cook and very knowledgeable about food, but they were both working like 60 hours a week. At one point, my dad was working a night job too. So it was like, they just wanted to get the food on the table, right? And and back then, I don't think there was a lot, it, it, the convenience was, was big. And I don't think we, yeah, knew like what the, we didn't, like processed food was still like very new at that point in a way. Like I think my grandmother, um, who just passed away at eight is 79. Like, I think like she was still cooking in the kitchen and everything, but, and it's amazing that women like went into the workforce and all of this stuff. And I'm not saying anything against that, but at the same time, there was a shift in the families from when like both parents started going into the workforce. And all of a sudden, instead of like the mom being at home cooking, now you had both parents working. And instead of like both parents now like pitching in, like at cooking and whatnot, many times in many families, it was like, hey, like we need to get food on the table quickly. So what's the way we're going to do this? Oh, well, the processed food companies were like, hey, we have a solution for you. (laughs) You know, so it's like you can't blame anybody. It's like a very, I mean, it it was like a, a supply and demand. Like there was the demand for it. Like they needed, people needed an easier way to eat because both people, you know, many times there was like, two parents working now and having to juggle um, schedules. It was very different than you call the culture you saw many, many, many years ago. But at the same time, it's like, instead of um, us shifting and maybe like being a little more strategic in how we planned or went about things, instead, like the processed food companies came in and really attracted us to this new idea of the fact that we didn't have to spend time in the kitchen. And they marketed cooking as like a laborious, like, oh, who wants to do that? Like, drudgery, you know, absolutely. um, They very much have done a very, very good job from a business standpoint. I mean, like I run a business, like I totally understand the idea of like wanting to get your message out there, but they have done a very good job at like really, you know, um, magnifying their message, but really demonizing the idea of like cooking for yourself. And like, why would you want to do that? That's like, that's, that's kind of like, you know, domestic or that kind of thing, you know? And, um, right, so I think right. we've definitely seen this just like breakdown of cooking in the home. And now we're to the point where like people don't even know how to like go in the store and buy the most simple ingredients and cook at home. I was at the market last Saturday our farmer's market. I'm in Florida. So like, I don't know when this will air, but it's uh, almost February right now. So most of you probably don't have farmer's markets open, but we kind of have like a reverse schedule here. So I was at the farmer's market la- uh, last weekend and this, this woman looked at me and I had like all these veggies in my basket and she looked at me and she goes, do you 
you make dinner with those? You cook with those? And I said, yeah, <laughs> like I do. Like I actually, she's like, is that just for tonight? I'm like, no, it's actually for the entire week. <laughs> I'm actually going to get a few other things at some of the other, you know, stalls here. And she just looked at me so puzzled. And I was like, wow, we have gotten so far away from like the way that we've always can, like per- humans have always gathered and prepared food, right? Whether that's like from the neighbor who's cooking or it's never been like we've looked to a big company to supply all of our, new, you know, our, our food needs, right? But it's gotten yeah. so, we've gotten to the point where like, that doesn't even seem odd to us. The fact that we are just like going in the store and picking up boxes or running through drive-thrus, but that we actually would like, it, it's a weird concept that we would actually buy ingredients and prepare food. So anyway, needless to say, yes, I totally understand. And I'm like, I don't fault my parents at all or anybody else's parents who we grew up in that time period. It's very much, you see like very calculated and also on the processed food companies, like they were just meeting, like they were stepping up and filling, um, you know, like filling a need, so to speak, um, where I want to come in and be like, Hey, like you can eat real food and still work your job and everything. <laughs> you just have to like, yeah, plan and be prepared, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I think it, it seems so intimidating to a lot of people. It's something that I get a lot of questions about, about like, how do you eat? What do you do? And, um, I feel like you have just broken it down. I've learned so much from your Instagram and your oh. uh, blog posts about it. Um, but I mean, I guess just to get started with the basics, um, so your what's your basic approach when you sit down to start meal planning? Or how did you even start in the beginning to say, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this? Yeah, it's it's been quite the process for me over the years, and it's been a lot of tweaking. I was a former first grade teacher, and if anything I've taken from my – I no longer teach, but um, now I run Live Simply, which is well, like a very accidental <laughs> – thing that happened. But um, I never like envisioned that when I went to college that I'd be running like an online, you know, space like this. Um, like I think it was Ask Jeeves back then, side note, but I'm like, oh my wow, gosh, the internet, <laughs> like this is amazing. How many doors it's opened up? But anyway, needless to say, when I was teaching, one of the things that I learned that I've, it's like has stuck with me is the idea of like, you plan for something, you implement it, and then you tweak it if it doesn't work. And I think that's something that I very much have applied in like every area of my life since then is the idea, especially with like meal planning. Like I, I tried meal planning. Like I started just like anybody who, where I would like look through cookbooks in the early days and I would like find recipes I wanted to cook for the week. And I would write down all the ingredients needed. And the ingredients may be like things that I would not necessarily normally even buy. I may never even use again, like a spice or something, but I was going to buy it. I was going to make these meals. And that's how I first approached meal planning. I think that's the, the way that meal planning is approached many times by people today. And it, I find that, I mean, if you meal plan that way and you love it, hey, stick with it. We're all different, right? But for many of us, we burn out that way as we either spend like a ton of money, we have all these extra ingredients that we'll never, ever use again. None of the ingredients flow together. And so I realized I had to tweak my strategy because one, my grocery bill was huge. We were like now a single income family because remember I had left my job at the time period. (laughs) Uh, Like I couldn't be spending like exorbitant amount of money on food either, you know, like, you know, this huge grocery bill. So I was like something and plus I was 
like run, I don't know. I just felt like I was constantly spending hours looking for recipes and cookbooks and whatnot. This is before Pinterest and everything. Um, I think now people probably turn to Pinterest many times, but then I had to tweak it a little bit. So then I started to like, you know, I started to kind of repeat some of those recipes that we really liked. And then I decided like, oh, maybe if I actually just like wrote down some of these like favorite recipes that now that I'm learning how to cook, because I had to learn how to cook and all of this too. I didn't grow up um, knowing how to cook. So I write down some of the favorite recipes that were actually loving. And then what I realized is I could actually start taking those recipes that we loved and just start rotating them over and over and over again to actually build a meal plan. And what I found through all of that is like constantly tweaking and constantly finding something that was working for me. And when it wasn't being okay to say like, Hey, this is not working for me. Maybe I could try something else. Um, and what I found in all of that was that I really liked having that list of recipes that I could rely on. They were things that I knew how to confidently cook, which meant that it reduced the amount of time I was spending in the kitchen because I wasn't like every single day starting with a or every night starting with a brand new recipe that I now had to like figure out how to cook at 5 p.m. at night with like oh two gosh. kids like pulling on yeah. my, you know, on my shorts or pants. And instead these were recipes that I knew how to cook. I knew that my family loved them. I mean, at the time we had like toddlers, right? But even now that I have older kids. Um, but I knew that Dustin and I liked them, uh, my husband. And they were just things that I knew that could, so I could easily use these recipes to pull a meal plan together every week by just like rotating them over and over again. Now, like that's expanded now and been tweaked to the point where now I have more. And at the time they were like specific recipes because I was just learning to cook. Now I've gotten to such a point where I'm comfortable in the kitchen and comfortable with ingredients that I have more like broad recipes. So I'll have like stir fry on my list or like, um, you know, we eat meat. So like burgers or, um, what's another one? Um, Oh, um, like a Buddha bowl kind of deal, you know, like a grain bowl kind of a deal. Like I'll have like, yeah. um, these broader uh, recipes on my list. And so I can like go to the market or I can go to the grocery store and see like what veggies are on sale. And I can really like, um, th I can now plan to, um, for what I see and what's in season um, by plugging them into these like broader recipes. Cause I know like there's a million different veggies that work in a stir fry, you know, and I have like a basic yeah. stir fry sauce down. So over the years it's been tweaked, but I think like the heart of it was having that list of recipes that I could rotate over and over again, completely changed the way I meal plan, completely simplified it. I was no longer having to look through cookbooks every week. In fact, my meal planning went from like dreading it on Sunday because I was spending hours doing it to only taking about like at this point, I take about 10 minutes every week to meal plan. It's just like the simplest. That's amazing. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, we're not eating like maybe food network style food <laughs> every single night. <laughs> but I think people need to realize like their life is not a Pinterest board. Like my life is not about like making dinner and snapping it for Instagram, right? Like food is about nourishment. And so if I'm feeding my family nourishing food, like I don't need to go crazy insane like with what I'm making. Like it's okay yeah. to repeat um, ideas or um, recipes. And there's a lot of variation that you can even do within like say – a recipe like a stir fry or something. I mean, you can use different veggies or even different proteins um, and that kind of thing. So, so that's at this point, like how my meal planning has evolved over the years is just that like constant tweaking of finding what's worked for me. Cause I, I know, I knew that planning was important, but how I, how I got there, like how I meal planned, I knew that there was a ton of different ways to approach it. And I just had to find what worked best for me.
Yeah. And I think that having a favorite meals list is so helpful because I, you know, I'm sure this is true for a lot of people, but how many times have you been about to go to the grocery store? Well, probably not you because you're so organized with all this now, but you know, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to make for this week. Yes. And then I'm, you know, trying to go back and look through my Pinterest boards of meals I've right. saved or like, well, what did we eat last week? What did people like? You know? And so I, I feel like just having that at a glance, oh yeah, here's our top 20 meals or whatever. I don't even know how many is a good number to have on a favorite meals list, but I feel like that quick reference just really simplifies it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, and I say like, start with what you have. So even if you can like write down five meals, like let's say like your five favorite, and I like to have meals for breakfast and meals for, for dinner. Um, so I, even if you only have like I don't know, five things that your family loves. And they don't have to be specific recipes. If they're specific recipes, like uh, something you found on Pinterest that you make regularly and that your family just raves about and loves, like awesome. That can be a specific recipe. It, it can also be just like a broader idea. So even for breakfast, just like scrambled eggs. Like we don't have to get complicated here, right? I mean, yeah. it can just literally be that. Or oatmeal, you know? Um, so even just having like five uh, recipes or ideas for breakfast and then five for dinner, um, um, that just gives you something right there. And then I say like for, you know, for I think a lot of us, the weekdays are the busiest days and then the weekends provide a lot more freedom. So like maybe on the weekends you choose like every week, that's where you like bust out those cookbooks or look on Pinterest or your favorite blogs. And maybe you try like a new recipe from there to keep inspired if that's something that you want to do. And you're learning like a new cooking technique, you're trying a new recipe. And if that becomes a favorite and you feel like it's easy enough to cook for you, you enjoy it, your family pretty much enjoys it. I mean, like we can talk about kids later, but like kids, get a little finicky, you know, sometimes, but like for the most oh, yeah. part, you, you know, you're like the adults enjoy it and the kids can actually, there's a component that they might love or something, or maybe they just need more exposure to it. Um, then write that down and then you can slowly build this list. So even if you're starting with like just three things or five things, know that this is like an ongoing list that you'll keep for years. You know, like you'll just keep adding to it. I mean, I'm still learning things. And as I follow people on Instagram, I just followed somebody yesterday. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so inspired. Like I want to, I want to try making this and this and this and like all these uh, dishes that I'm like, oh, this would be great. I want to try making these. So those are things that I might experiment with on the weekend. And then they can be added if they're favorites to our favorite meals list. Um, and, and even like with in that, like I talked about oatmeal, like there's so much variation you can add to oatmeal. Um, like we do oatmeal every Tuesday and sometimes Thursday. And I know people are like, wow, like that must get boring. I'm like, no, it actually doesn't. Like this week we had oatmeal and I mixed in buckwheat with it. So it kind of gave it a little bit of a different flavor. If you've ever had buckwheat, it's like a very rustic taste. Um, sometimes <laughs> we'll stir in honey. Sometimes we'll do maple syrup. Uh, sometimes we did like a couple weeks ago, I had a bunch of apples. So we sauteed up apples and cinnamon in the morning. And that literally took like five minutes. Um, it's oh, not like good. a long process. And then we had that with, um, I laid it all out and then the kids assembled their bowls. But even like you could cook like mashed banana in it. There's so many ways to do oatmeal, right? It's not just like oatmeal, right? It's just like, there's so many different ways to do it. So I think that's even like when people are like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to like repeat these recipes over and over again. Well, I'm like, first of all, you probably are relying on the same recipes, honestly, over and over again. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. you don't realize you're doing that. It's just like clothes. Like so many of us have like this packed closet, but then we go for like the same five shirts over and over again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, same thing with like 
food or you're probably like, even when you don't have a plan, you probably resort back to the same idea. So why not just simplify it so that you write down the recipe so you don't forget the things you love. And then as that grows, maybe at some point you're going to have a list of like 20, 30 things. I mean, just think of like the rotation you got there. Then you're going to actually be able to pick and choose and the variety that that comes with. Um, So that's where I think there's a lot of freedom within that. I mean, even if you don't want to choose like items from your favorite meals list to help you meal plan, at least you have like a solid foundation from there. And then you might even be inspired to go out and like find a new recipe to try or something. Um, but yeah. I think just doing that really simplifies it and it takes away the the decision fatigue because I think that's what so many of us are suffering from is yes. we're constantly making decisions and we have yes. to make decisions about everything like from – I mean, you know, as like, as moms, like, (laughs) I mean, by like 7 a.m., we probably already made like 50 million decisions, you know, both for ourselves and our children for that day, you know? And uh, because apparently my kids can't make decisions at 7 a.m. It seems like (laughs) the right to do for them. But I mean, like, we don't need one more thing to have to think about. So we can like automate in a way our meal planning. So we have this list of recipes. We can just plug them into a calendar. Boom, we're done. We got meals. Now we can actually shop for these foods. Now we can actually maybe prep some of this stuff in advance if we want to, if we need to do that to help us, you know, reduce our time in the kitchen. I mean, right there, you've already automated just the hardest part of meal planning, which is coming up with ideas. Yeah. I mean, I think that especially on busy weeks. I mean, I know you were talking about getting creative in the future and adding more or trying new meals, but I think we all have those weeks where it's just like one last thing we need to think about. We just really don't want to sit down and think about coming up with meal ideas. So yeah, I mean, I think that's just having that there is like security. Like I know I can rely on that. Um, And so how many, like what length of time or how many meals do you typically plan out at once? So for me, what I found works is I plan out five, um, five days. So I'll do like mon- the traditional Monday through Friday meal planning. Last week I planned Monday through Friday. I had to grab my calendar there uh, on my desk. Grab, um, I planned Monday through Friday and I do that every single week because on the weekends, I generally like to have that time for either going out. Like I feel really inspired by going out and there's more and more really great real food, um, like cafes and restaurants that are popping up in our area. And so like, I'll either have one of those days is like a go out day. We'll like go to the park for the afternoon. Then maybe we'll go out to a place for the evening. Um, or maybe I'll try like a new recipe that over the weekend, or maybe we'll just do like snack boards where we kind of like clean out the fridge and we'll do like cheese and crackers and some fruits and like maybe like a dip or something like super easy where it's just like munchy kind of foods for dinner that week. But so I don't really get uh, rigid on the weekends. I, I want to leave that for you know, like spontaneity and whatnot. Um, but Monday through Friday, I plan like very strictly. So every week I actually use themes to help me plan. So um, like every single week, our themes stay the same. So every Monday is a soup night. Every Tuesday is like some, well, every Tuesday is like a date night. So if we don't do date night, then we'll generally do like some sort of leftovers because I just don't want to cook that night. Um, Every Wednesday is a, like a pasta night. And every Thursday is um, I generally get, I have a, like a meat, um, farm share kind of thing. So I always get chicken within that farm share. So every Thursday I plan to do something with a whole chicken. And then every Friday is pizza, popcorn, and movie night. It's like the kids, we all look forward to that night. We do homemade pizzas. So within those themes, then I can take a look at my favorite meals list and I can be like, okay, 
So what kind of soup am I going to make on Monday? And I can just like look at that list and be like, oh, we love broccoli and cheese soup. We love chili. We love this Tuscan bean soup. Um, different soups that we really like. And I can just like place one into that theme. So this week we did chili and then we also did some roasted sweet potatoes because I knew sweet potatoes were in season right now at our market. So then on Tuesday, we um, did some leftovers um, with the chili just because we didn't go out for date night. On Wednesday for the pasta night, we did spaghetti and meatballs with a salad, just like super simple. Some weeks we may have lasagna. Some weeks we may do like pesto and uh, pasta mixed together. I have a list of a whole bunch of different pasta recipes that we really like. And then on Thursday, we just did like chicken and veggie um, bowls kind of a thing with like rice and some salad in there. Uh, And then... Of course, Friday is going to be, um, you know, our pizza night that stays the same, but like the toppings change and everybody gets to like build their own pizza and that kind of thing. So I plan for five days, but I use those themes to help me to help me plan like specific meals within there. Um, And that kind of like gives me even. Um, like parameters to work with. So even like with that favorite meals list, I kind of like have like bumpers, so to speak, like when bowling, like it kind of gives me some parameters to work within. So that even simplifies the meal planning even more so. So that I'm not like sitting there looking at my calendar and being like, okay, let me come up with like, let me look at my favorite meals list. Let me figure out where I'm going to plug these in. Instead, I just know like on Monday, plug in a soup. On Tuesday, um, date night. On Wednesday, plug in a pasta dish. Um, and then for breakfast, it's the exact same thing. So every Monday we do smoothies and um, like eggs and toast. And then on Tuesday, we do oatmeal day. On Wednesday, well, I'll do – I don't um, – my kids actually – with my mom that morning. And so I do like a slower morning that morning. So it's, um, I get to work a little bit later. So I do like an omelet or breakfast tacos that day. It takes a few extra minutes and I really enjoy just like slowing down that morning. Um, Thursday is another oatmeal day. If we get tired of oatmeal day, then I'll do like a, a fruit bar. uh, I'm sorry, yogurt bar kind of thing where I'll put out like granola and um, fruit, seasonal fruit and, and some plain yogurt and honey and stuff. And then Friday is another smoothie, eggs, and toast day. So again, those are like the themes that are repeated every week. And, you know, we get tired of themes sometimes and I'll be like, wow, I need to change this up. And maybe we'll add in like, we'll take out the pasta theme and we'll do like a Mexican inspired theme instead. Um, So we can change up the themes, but I generally keep themes for a couple of months until I see we're starting to get a little bored with them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that helps it just automate the process even more. So absolutely. it's like less time that you're sitting down trying to make decisions on it. Absolutely. And the less time I actually have to spend like planning, the more time I can spend actually now sourcing great quality food and actually now prepping, I can actually take a look over the week and be like, okay, well, I can see that, you know, Wednesday night is going to be this really busy day for us. And so what can I maybe prep in advance that's going to help you know, minimize the amount of time I'm going to spend in the kitchen. Um, maybe that's like last week I made rice um, in the Instant Pot, some brown rice in the Instant Pot on Sunday. And I saw throughout the week that I had some meals planned with rice. And that rice literally stretched across like four days. <laughs> but if I, had like a, if I hadn't had like a meal plan to see the entire week, then I would not have been able to do that prepping in advance because I wouldn't have known what we were eating. But because I knew what we were eating, I could strategically say, okay, what can I prep in advance that's going to really reduce the amount of time we need to actually spend in the kitchen, which isn't honestly a lot because I really aim to keep our meals very easy and simple. And like I said, if you already are comfortable cooking these recipes, then you're not going to be 
um, guessing at like the amount of time it's going to take you. You're not going to be caught off guard that a recipe online says it takes 30 minutes and you just spent two hours, <laughs> you know, exactly. You already know the recipes and what you're doing. And then you can even become a better cook. So you might even find like, oh, maybe I'll like add this in this time or add this spice in, you know, kind of there's a lot of creativity within structure as well. Right. Um, but yeah, so I plan for like five, I know there's a lot for that question, but I plan for five days at a time. And then on the weekends, I personally find that I just enjoy the flexibility of being able to just like go out or be more creative. But I also have, because I'm repeating the same meals regularly, I, I know like what I'm stocking in my pantry and even my freezer and my fridge. So I'm not like getting um, I, I'm not like bringing in a bunch of like random ingredients all the time. Instead, I pretty much know like what I need to stock my pantry and my fridge and my freezer to build out meals. And so even on the weekend, let's say if we decide not to go out one night, um, I mean, to go out for like a Saturday, then I probably have something in my pantry, honestly, that I could easily build like a, like a snack board, like I was talking about with, um, or I could easily put something together because I, I definitely have like those ingredients. That's the great thing too. It actually helps you build, like I call it like a capsule pantry. It actually helps you build like these um, ingredients that you can use in multiple ways because you're getting comfortable with them and you know how to create meals with them. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point about um, ingredients as well. And one thing that I've noticed that you've talked about before and Actually, my dad has he's always he's very good at grocery budgeting despite our uh, foray into uh, <laughs> processed food. Um, but you know, just trying to look ahead and planning meals together that have kind of like similar ingredients enough. So mm-hmm. I went through a spell where I was like, I, I just love cooking different types of food. So like I have an Israeli cookbook, I have a Mexican cookbook, I have a French cookbook, <laughs> and I would like pick things on the same week out of all the different cookbooks to make. <laughs> and yeah. I'd be like, I'd have all, you know, not only was the grocery bill so expensive buying all the ingredients, <laughs> but I couldn't use them for any of the other meals mm-hmm. I was making because it was just such different food from one another. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're like meal plan, the great thing is, is since you know these recipes that you have on your list that you're repeating regularly, you know them so, so well that you can be like, hey, like I know that soup we really love uses kale, let's say. And so for smoothies this week, I'm going to use kale now in our smoothies, right? So you're actually like being like you're talking about like more strategic other than just like randomly choosing recipes, which is awesome. Like choose a recipe on the weekend, like that you can like get in the kitchen and, and have fun with, right? Or whenever you're like maybe slower time is, but for the the bulk of your your meals, it's really great to to know the recipes you're making to feel really comfortable with them because it also gives you now the freedom to be able to use ingredients multiple times throughout the week. Um, so yeah, I think that's so so true. There are just so many benefits to planning outside of just having an actual like written plan, which I think is what so many people focus on. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's just like. That's just the catalyst to all of these other amazing perks that come with meal planning. (laughs) You know, it's not even like about having like the template or the calendar or anything. Like use your phone if you feel comfortable with that. Use an actual physical calendar. I'm more of like a pencil paper person. I just want to give my husband like 100% electronic, you know? I'm like, oh, where is that? And he's like, it's on the computer. It's in the drive. It's on the like, you know? Yes, same, same. 100% pencil paper. I just think better that way. And um, so anyway, so I like a traditional like just calendar. And I, it's funny because like when I share my meal plan, 
um, on like Instagram stories. And the number one question I get from people is where did you find your, your, your planner? And I think it's interesting and it's a little genuine. I always answer and I love answering, but at the same time, I think it's interesting how we get so like wrapped up in the the process. Like we want to know like, what's the latest planner that's going to revolutionize my life. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, just sit down with like a blank piece of paper, write out Monday through right. (laughs) right. You don't need special tools. You literally just need to like create a list of recipes that you love, the ideas, then just like write them out. There is no like specialness to like tools like that. It's really about like the rest of the perks that come along with that of being able to like reuse ingredients like you're talking about and be able to have the peace of like not having to think each day about what you're going to be cooking. It's already the thought, the, you know, the hard work of thinking about that has already been done. Um, it's allowing you to food prep now. It's allowing you to save money in the grocery store because you're not buying like a million ingredients you don't need. Um, yeah, there's just so many benefits that I'm like, just do it. Like, I don't care how you go about it. <laughs> just, just find the method that works for you because once you have that like that that roadmap so to speak which is what a meal plan is that like guide i mean you wouldn't go hiking without some sort of guide the meal plan's the same way you wouldn't go to the grocery store without knowing like how you're going to use this food whether you create a meal plan before you go to the grocery store or if you're like far you know more comfortable with food and you create one afterwards let's say you go to like a market and then you come home and create it um just having that plan is just going to save you so much money and in time and allow you to Use your ingredients in a smart way like you're talking about. Thanks, Kristen. Stay tuned for part two, where we will discuss budgeting, grocery shopping, feeding kids, and tackling picky eaters. Mm-hmm.